Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Texts Podcast, episode 49. The following is the recitation of Psalm 45, aka Perek or Mizmor Mem Hey. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 45 Lamnatseach Al Shoshanim Livne Korach Maskil Shir Yedidot Rachash Libi Davar Tov Omer Ani Maasai Lemelech Lishoni Eight Sofer Mahir Yaf Yafita Mibne Adam Hutsak Chain Besif Totacha Alkain Berachacha Elohim Leolam Chagor Charbecha Al Yarech Gibor Hodcha Vehadarecha Vehadarecha Tzilach Rechav Al Divar Emet Veanva Sadek Vitorcha Noraot Yeminecha Chitsecha Shenunim Amim Tachtecha Yiplu Believe Oivei Hamelech Kisacha Elohim Olam Vaed Shevet Mishor Shevet Malchutecha Ahavta Tzedek Batisna Rasha Alkain Mishachacha Elohim Elohecha Shemen Sason Mechaveracha Mor the Ahalot Kitsiot Kol Bigdotacha Min Hechlei Shane Mini Simchucha Benot Melachim Biyikrotacha Nitzva Shegal Limincha Bechetem Ophir Shim i Vat Ur i Vehati Aznech Vishichi Amech Uvet 
אביך. ויתאב המלך יפייך, כי הוא אדונייך, והשתחווי לו. ובת צור במנחה פנייך, יכלו עשירי עם. כל כבודה בת מלך פנימה, ממשבצות זהב לבושה. לרקמות תובל למלך בתולות אחריה ריאותיה מובאות לך תובלנה ושמחות וגיל תבואנה בהיכל מלך, תחת אבותיך יהיו בניך, תשי תימו לשרים בכל הארץ. אזכירה שמך בכל דור ודור. על כן עמים יהודוך לעולם ועד. Psalm 45 is once again לבני קורח, למשכיל, like the last few psalms, but it has unique quirks to it. It's the first time we see the poet compliment his own writing skills. It's also a song of Yedidot, translated as endearment, love, friendship, and describes a king that is handsome, mighty, proficient with his sword, and victorious against his enemies, humble, honest, loves righteousness, and hates wickedness. And the poet goes into detail how this king has all the virtues that make him deserving of the throne. <clears throat> and then the wedding of the king is described with all the beautiful garments and towers and music, with the queen bride adorned in gold at his right, and the daughters of the king serving them. And the bride queen is specifically from a foreign nation and told to forget her own people and the house of her father and to be loyal to the husband, her new husband, the king. Then it describes the queen's entry into the palace with her virgin entourage and golden garments and belongings and blessings that the couple have sons to continue to be the princess in the land and... Uh, that the name uh, and uh, that their name and uh, be remembered forever. Okay, so first of all, commentaries have a number of theories as to who the king is in this psalm. Maybe David, Shlomo, Ahav, but all are potentially nixed for one reason or another. Then there is the idea that it is an allegory referring to Hashem and B'nai Israel or Mashiach. 
or any future king from Yehuda, or even that it's referring to Torah scholars. I like how Rebetzin Rivka Siegel speaks of the psalm as an ideal thought. This plays into what some of the commentaries say, but more than that, it makes sense with the placement and some of the wording of the psalm itself, right? We just finished talking about how Bnei Israel were subject to horrible tribulations under foreign nations. So it could make sense that this is a sort of escapism creation where someone who is going through something horrible is looking towards an ideal future where everything is wonderful with the perfect Jewish king in charge. And not only that, but the foreign nation is subject to the king of Judah's rule instead of the awful situation now where they are being killed for believing in Hashem. And this ideal foreign queen marrying the Jewish king in this psalm is told specifically that they have to forget whoever they had worshipped until now and worship Hashem instead. What solidifies this theory is the words in Pasuk Aleph, Al Hashoshanim, which could be a musical instrument or a certain song, or the idea of a rose amongst thorns. The other psalm that uses those words is Psalm 69, and that is the opposite of a joyous wedding event, and even mentions again the concept of requesting Hashem not to hide his face, as we saw in the depths of the last psalm. Rashi suggests that this is uh, identifying with Israel, who is surrounded by menacing thorns that need a prayer for protection. It would make sense, then, that while the poet compliments himself in the beginning, perhaps it is, again, an ideal mindset when he says, My tongue is the pen of a skillful scribe a form of flattery that he could imaginarily boast about. Then there is a subtle prayer at the end, which commentaries hold is not talking about the king in the psalm being remembered forever, especially since no name was given, but rather Hashem's name being remembered forever. The Chaza Tzion notes the use of the poetic form as kira, remember, instead of the masculine form, representing God's attribute of mercy. Thus, in all generations, at all times, both good and bad, I will make the name of Hashem memorable, reminding myself and others that even when God punishes harshly, he has my best interests in mind and is motivated solely by his attribute of mercy, end quote. We have discussed being in a dark place and feeling shame or feeling doubt or feeling numb, this outlook of enduring the hardest of times by creatively going to a, quote, happy place in your mind of a future that could be when things get really bad, it's one we haven't discussed yet. There is a famous line in this psalm in Pasuk 14 that says, Kol bas melech penima, which can be translated a few different ways, either simply the king's daughter goes inside with all of her baggage or whatever she desired, some even say pearls, but most famously is the idea that the honor of the daughter of the king is on the inside. This has led to a discussion about how Jewish women's modesty should be in the home, etc. Not what I am discussing now, but important to be aware that this is the source for that. In any case, 
if the Bat Melech is in fact B'nai Yisrael in this allegory here, and her glory is on the inside, her character, how she thinks and acts, her talents, and what she values that makes her worthy of our respect, as well as all the other virtues mentioned in this psalm, these characteristics are not something that anyone can take away from you. Dr. Edger, in her book, The Choice, recalls the last thing her mother told her before going to the gas chambers. No one can take away from you what you have put in your mind. This later gave her the focused mindset to remember who she was before the war, and she performed her award-winning dance routine in the midst of a, hedo, of a ghetto hell, which helped her pull through a rougher patch. When we are in a dark place, it's hard to remember that we are made up of more than just our problems at hand. It's easy to choose forms of escapism that are unhealthy, like binge TV watching, excessive sleeping, or even when it gets worse, drugs and alcohol, etc. Putting yourself into a state of mind where you can choose healthier forms of escape, ones that bring you back to a semblance of who you were before or are, despite whatever else you are going through, like using your talents to craft or dance or get lost in playing music, is a level we need to try to remember we can strive for. This psalmist chose to use the gifts inside him, despite whatever horrors were going on around him, detailed in the previous psalm, and creatively made a world inside his mind, and one that is for others to be inspired by, focusing on his present abilities at the fullest capacity he could muster, as well as the hope of what could be, instead of dwelling in the mire that is. The fact that we are reading a poem that he prayed would be remembered for generations to thank Hashem still today is a testament of how successful getting in touch with that mindset can be. May we be able to use our strengths and talents to remind us of who we are and help us enjoy them and have the strength and desire to choose positive forms of escapism if needed that can even inspire others in good and bad times and be able to use them to get through the harder times. The learning and recitation for this psalm is in honor of my grandmother, Allah Shalom, Nisa Ethel Bat Mordechai HaKohen, whose 40th yard site was this past Sunday, and who, despite my never meeting her, has shaped my life in so many wonderful ways. Also, in honor of my twin daughter's birthday this past Saturday, Ora Hodaya Bat Nisa Esther and Amuna Panima Bat Nisa Esther, May they and their older sister continue to be a source of nachat and continue to grow and develop in positive, healthy ways and in their love of Torah and Hashem and be able to call on their individual gifts to help them get through life well and always be able to help others. Stay tuned until after this quick break. If there is an episode
episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nursenisa1, N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining. Thank you.